Hey there, I'm Andy Malinsky. Welcome to the Get Out of Your Comfort Zone podcast, where we engage thought leaders about the challenges they have had in stepping outside their comfort zones in their lives and their work, and also advice that they have for young people interested in developing their leadership potential. This podcast is sponsored by Brandeis University's International Business School and the Perlmutter Institute for Global Business Leadership. So I am so happy to be here today with Lali Daskal, uh, who is uh, a founder of Lead with, I'm sorry, Lead from Within, a global leadership executive coaching and consulting firm based in New York City. Uh, She's got tremendous amounts of experience in all sorts of um, leadership capabilities. She's worked with some of the largest and most successful companies in the world. She's a very sought after uh, executive leadership coach uh, and consultant. She is a prolific writer uh, for multiple media publications, Inc.com, Fast Company, uh, Huffington Post, Psychology Today. She's also the author of the book, Thoughts Spoken from the Heart. Um, I could go on and on, but I'll stop here uh, to introduce Lolly and to say thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you. One thing I want to talk about, I have a new book coming out. So Thoughts from the Heart is a little book that I've been carrying around as a coaching practice. But the book that I'm most proud of, which is coming out in May, is The Leadership Gap, Ah. What's Between You and Your Greatness. And my publisher is Portfolio at Penguin. So I'm very excited about that. Okay, so I hope we can work that into the conversation as well. That's great. We have a lot of synergy in, on our work, so I'm. It will be great to talk about it. Excellent. So, so, so this is a comfort zone series, um, and I want to um, tap your uh, expertise on. Uh, the challenges of acting outside your comfort zone, uh, the opportunities, how to overcome the challenges. But I wanted to start with you, uh, if it's okay, and, and perhaps you could tell us about a situation that's uh, been outside your comfort zone, what it was like, how you've dealt with it, and so on. Absolutely. And first of all, I want to thank you for this opportunity. It's a great opportunity. And you know, as a coach, most of the time we do the questioning. So the tables are turned a little (laughs) bit. It's an interesting experience. So um, there, I feel that life always gives us challenges. And there's one particular challenge that happened to me recently, um, that has actually um, tested who I am as a human being, and who I am as someone who teaches and coaches a certain philosophy. So one of the things that I always coach is about leading from within, right? Finding the values of who you are and leading from that character. Well, um, a few years ago, and it's still imprinted on my heart, I had a very big client and I worked in their organization as a coach and someone who facilitated workshops. And one of the things that I really liked about who they were um, this is a sidebar. I pick clients who are making, um, who are doing great things in the world. They're making a difference in the world. And being their coach and being their facilitator in their organization, I feel like I have a little part, you know, with that company's mission. And so this company, when I first started with them, heart based leadership and leading from within and your people are important were very important to them. And then they had a change of HR. Then they had a change of some of the vice presidents. They had a little change in their organization and they started to restructure their organization. And one of the things is is that 
when that happens, they usually call in the people that they've been working with, their coaches, their consultants, and they tell them their vision. They go, this is what we want in our organization. Well, the HR director had a vision that was not aligned with mine. It sounded more like greed than it sounded like love your people, lead from within, have values. And they kind of gave me an ultimatum. Either you do what we want or we don't want you. And to be honest, Andy, it was a big paycheck. It was a client that I was working with for a long time. And I kept saying to myself, I didn't say it for a long time, and I kept saying, you know, Lolly, you have a choice. You can either stay and acclimate to what the new culture is, or you could leave and stand by your principles. And, you know, it sounds very easy to say, okay, I'll leave. But as a single mother of three children, it was a big part of my income. And I, I didn't spend too much time, but I spent, um, you know, what I would say poignant time thinking about what would I do. And I felt that I was challenged. I felt that life was asking me, Lolly, all the things that you believe in and stand by, will you stand by it now? And I remember calling them and saying, you know, this is not for me. I can't do this. If you are not going to honor your people, if you're not going to value the people that work so hard for you, that have been here for 25 years, that give their heart and soul, and if you're going to have this kind of fear-based environment, I tell you to do things and then you have to do it, I'm out of here. This is not for me. And I walked. And I have to be honest with you, and it was very, very challenging. It took me a while to recoup that business and my business, but I felt like, Life was asking me, Lolly, show up or stand by the side, and I and I think I showed up. I'm, I'm proud of myself. Yeah, that's an interesting story. So I, I want to dig into that just for a sec. In terms of comfort zones, it sounds so. Hearing the story, and I'm, it's it's really admirable, actually. Uh, so, what about that was outside your comfort zone? Because someone hearing that story might say. In some ways, that sounds aligned with your comfort zone. In fact, your your source of conviction about who you are, in, in in some ways, almost leading from within, applied to yourself, right? That you located your own values. You made a decision with regards to this client about your own values, and you stepped away from something that could be potentially lucrative. Where is the comfort zone side of that? I'd be curious. Any single person that has the responsibility of taking care of three children and their well-being of you know they're you know sending them to private school which they were used to giving them the comforts of what they had paying rent that is a big challenge because a big chunk of what i was earning was going to go away was it challenging it was the scariest part of my life because it was either i could stay in the comfort zone of doing what i know how to do and try to acclimate myself and try to say you know, it was almost like turning a blind eye. It was the hardest thing I had to do because then I was I was thinking, I am stepping out of my comfort zone. How do you recoup that kind of money? Where does it come from? How do you get a great client? And it's interesting because these days, it comes easier to me when it comes to a client that I'm not aligned with. I go, you know what, I could survive this. I'm not doing this anymore. But at the first time that I had to do this, I was at the edge of my comfort zone. I felt like I was bungee jumping, that someone was gonna throw me off the cliff and what was my future going to be like? 
would I ever be able to do what I was doing at the level that I was doing it? And I was scared. Actually, I was petrified. So standing for what you believe in might be easy, but at what expense? And I was losing a large expense. Very interesting. So, so I love the idea of sort of jumping off the cliff. And it sounds like that source of, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that source of conviction and really almost almost a test of your own philosophy of leadership it sounds like right that that source of conviction helped helped you know push you to do something that was outside your comfort zone i i was taking some notes as you were talking because it's really interesting so in some ways it sounds like having to start over again having to lose that source of income um having to step into a world where you don't have that you know secure client base to be able to afford the life that you want your children to be able to live right that I could see that absolutely the other thing I was wondering too is as a as a consultant is there some sort of um built-in um habit or philosophy almost of like you know saying yes to the client in other words sort of like I, and you, you could tell me this because it sounds like you said a big no when oh. when normally a, a consultant might be oriented towards saying yes is that part of it too or i don't know about other consultants but one thing and you you exactly hit it on the head it's like you know i was being tested in a very profound way in you know, lead from within is a philosophy. It's um, it's principle. And life was asking me, Lolly, is that you? Do you? I know you believe in it, but do you live it every day, even if it's challenging? I don't know what other consultants would have done. Um, I know I have friends who are consultants, and I know they do the same thing over and over again, and they just show up. I. I try to pride myself on being the most authentic person in the room. And so for me, I wouldn't have been able to sleep at night if I would have stayed with that job. I remember it as being very painful. I remember it as almost feeling ungrounded, almost like the earth was going to swallow me up because I didn't know. And I know it sounds dramatic, but as the breadwinner of the family, it was very scary. It, it was like, it sounds like you're, what, what was holding you together was that sense of integrity, if I can understand it's, it correctly. It's, it's the principles of what I talk about all the time that I have to check in and say, Lolly, these are your principles. Will you live up to them? Right. And the answer was yes. But the next answer was, what about my three children? Right. You know? And the first thing is you worry. The first thing is you have fear. The, you know, you're, you're like fearful of what may be. What will tomorrow bring? And I have to be very honest. It, I, didn't, I didn't recover right away. It took a while for me to get back to the kind of base that I was. So it was scary for a while. So when you help, I imagine that part of, and you, you tell me, part of your consulting work with other people must involve helping them step outside their comfort zones. Can you tell us a bit about that, about your philosophy, about maybe even a story or an example? It sounds like you've got a lot of experience in that area. So I've been doing what I'm doing for over 30 years, so I have thousands of stories. But um, one in particular that happened recently, actually, um, in December, you know, just recently, you know, most of my clients that I coach are a little anxious about what's the end of the year like and what will I be like in the next year? You know, what are we working towards? 
And I have I have this one client who, you know, leadership is about inspiring, it's about motivation, it's about leading by example. And his idea of leadership is, Lolly, give me three things, I'll do them, and I'll be the greatest leader. So for example, I said to him, you need to leave your door open so that people can come in and be able to communicate with you. So he's like, oh, I could do that. Okay, leave my door open, talk to people when they come in, and you know, be available. And I said, okay, and he wrote it down like it was a system. Anyway, I checked in with him two weeks later and I said, so how's the open door policy going? He says, oh, I have my door open. I don't like when they come in and I have no patience when they want me. And I tried to explain to him, leadership is not a one, two, three system. Don't write it down. You have to become that person. Opening the door means being available. It means, you know, when someone walks in, it means to be able to stop what you're doing and to be present. And yeah, he was like, I don't know how to do that. And I said, yes, I understand. Then we'll dive in and we'll be able to create that for you. But he wanted more like a, a process. He was a process person. And I said, leadership comes from the heart. You have to feel it. You have to be present. And trust me, he is at the edge of his comfort zone when it comes to leading because everything he wants to write down in a system, and I believe leadership isn't that way. And I agree. In my book, um, Reach, I talk very much about that, where people have to step outside their comfort zone. It's critical to have a, some source of conviction. You know, you you need to have a reason to say yes when every bone in your body is telling you no. And it sounds like for this guy, it was quite uncomfortable. And, you know, yeah. for him, for example, how did he locate his source of conviction? In other words, you know, how did he come to realize that, you know what, to be the kind of leader I want to be, I, I really should open my door. Do you know what I mean? Is that, Was there a way that you helped him understand that? Maybe even connecting the, the idea of opening his door or whatever the other tips were to, to something. I, I think that's that sounds like from leading from within, right? Locating some part inside himself of values he already has and showing how those behaviors that you're asking and suggesting that he does really actually connect with what he cares about. Is that part of the system? So there's a, so here is where I want to talk to you about the book that I created. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. See, most people want to go to this level of where you're at right now. So what is it? But the truth is, is that there's a deeper layer to human beings and their development. I could tell this person, you need to open your door. You need to be more available. You need to be more present. But what I have found is that there's a gap. My book is called The Leadership Gap, What Gets Between You and Your Greatness. And this is what I have found, that within each one of us, there are these seven archetypes. And we'll talk about it so you get a real feel of what I mean. So there's seven archetypes. One part of it will lead us to our greatness, will make us into great leaders, great parents, great entrepreneurs, great whatever you want, which I, which I table as meaningful success in your life. But for every single archetype that we are, there's a gap. And that gap will keep us from greatness. So let me give you an example. So it tables into what this leader was is like all the time. So one of the first archetypes is the rebel. The rebel is a person 
who wants to go out and do something significant in the world. They want to create meaning. They want to make an impact. They want to make a difference, right? What characteristic do you need? You need confidence. If you really want to make a change in the world, you need to be a confident person. But guess what? There is a gap. For every single rebel that wants to make an impact and they need confidence, they always, 99.5%, and this is science and research, they feel like an imposter who has self-doubt. So my leader, who's out there, in a he's, a, he's a top leader in an industry, you know, uh, we can't mention names, but he is out there making an impact in the world. But guess what? He's always faced with his imposter who has self-doubt about, why am I here? I didn't go to the best schools, but I got the biggest job in the industry. I'm quoted in the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times all the time. But if they only knew who I was, I'm not smart enough. Like, why am I here? And so we have to go to the deeper layer of why the door is opened and it isn't working. Because the truth is he feels like an imposter. The truth is he has self-doubt. And so when people come to him when the door is open, he's not able to communicate with them because he has this little chip on his shoulder, I'm not good enough or I don't know if I could be their leader. So you have to work with the undercurrent of who you are before I could actually get him to be comfortable with his discomfort. Does that make sense? Absolutely makes sense. And I talk, I really, really want to read your book because it's it's very, very connected to what my book's about reach. I talk a lot about the imposter syndrome as well. And I think a lot of people listening to this might be surprised that CEOs, that executives experience the imposter syndrome. But... I'm sure you might have seen there was an article in Harvard Business Review a year ago, two years ago, I forget, where there was a study done by a consultant. I think his name is Roger Jones, but I might be wrong on that. Um, he found that, that the greatest fear that CEOs have isn't the competition, isn't the changing environment. It's absolutely from within, and it's the imposter syndrome. And, and then when you look at um, famous actors, um, Natalie Portman gave a stirring speech, a commencement speech at Harvard about her uh, experience of the imposter syndrome. I've experienced it. I've written about it, too. So th that doesn't surprise me, but I'll bet you it would surprise the person knocking on his door. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And I coach at a very high level, and I have found that the most successful, the highest achievers suffer the most from the imposter syndrome. But as you, in my book, there are seven, there are six other archetypes that they suffer from. So um, I'll tell you another one that's very interesting. And this is why it didn't work with him either. So there's an archetype called the navigator. The navigator is a great leader. They know how to steer an organization, right? They know how to steer them through challenges and they know how to make things that are difficult, very practical and pragmatic. But when you're that smart and you and your competencies have made you a CEO or they've made you someone important in an organization, guess what happens? There is a gap. You become the fixer who's always like, do this, do this. I know how to do it. Do it that way. And when you do that, you become across as arrogant. So the challenge that most leaders and most people have to face, am I the navigator, which is greatness, or am I the fixer that comes across as arrogant? And even I, you know, 
when I wrote this book, the editor kept of my book kept saying, okay, which, you know, because I'm a Jungian, a study of Jungian philosophy. I was just going to say, it's a Jungian perspective, yeah. So he goes, and are you one? Like, which initials are you? And I said, no, we are the sum of all our parts. In one moment, in one situation, I can be the rebel who's confident, but I need to learn how to navigate and steer through, let's say, this conversation or a challenge in a practical, pragmatic way. And so... We are all these seven archetypes at once. We just have to know which way we have to show up. So this is the deepest layer of who we are. I always say that most leadership books are the how and the what, the when and the why. My book, my book is the who. Who are we going to be in this, in this moment? So opening up the door, who are you going to be? Are you going to be the rebel who's confident or you're going to be the imposter who has self-doubt? Are you going to be the navigator or are you going to be the fixer? And if once you know these things, it's a shortcut to all the challenges that we have, we can really stand in our greatness. And I imagine that in terms of comfort zones, there's a real challenge stepping outside your comfort zone in sort of, I don't know, customizing or, navigate, or navigating these archetypes, both the way that you become, like the way that you ultimately um, show your fixer, the way you ultimately show your rebel. You might have to tone it down. You might have to amp it up. You might have to adjust for the circumstances. And then internally, you might have to come to grips with the fact, with, with sort of the, the flip side that you're talking about, like my tendency to, 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 to seem arrogant or my tendency to, to, to feel incompetent. So I, it sounds like people... It's a great framework to understand the challenges people face and then to address those challenges, it sounds like, requires stepping outside your comfort zone. So interesting what you're saying is, is that I believe that our weaknesses can be leveraged. So my book talks about the fixer, how to leverage it. So when it comes to the imposter, how to leverage it. I really believe parts that people call bad about themselves, weaknesses about themselves, I feel we can make them into strengths. So I think we need both in order to be, you know, what I call unleash greatness, to lead from within, you know, and I, I think you believe in this, you know, I think challenges are interesting in our lives. They bring meaning into our lives. They, they strengthen us. And so I think it's very important that we have both and we understand the deeper we understand, the more we can do with our lives, the greater we can be. There's no question, and I fully agree with you. For instance, the imposter syndrome. I mean, when you're ultimately it comes back to the fact that that you might feel that you're a novice, right? But but there but there are benefits to being a novice. Sometimes when you're new to something, um, you can see something in a new way. You can um, be more creative, more inventive. You can leverage your novice capabilities in some ways so that's almost like the positive slant on the imposter syndrome but i guess the problem is is that there are a lot of emotions associated with experiencing the imposter syndrome and if you let those emotions take hold and bring you off the deep end you'll never be able to leverage the positive slant do you know what i mean so it, it is a real it's a real internal challenge to sort of embrace and leverage the positive sides of what you're talking about but i do see it also as a great opportunity right so you talked about the personalities that come with the imposter syndrome so the pleaser right it's the pleaser and the driver and the saboteur all these personalities you can be what is the pleaser in you costing you in your life and leadership you know what is the martyr causing you know costing you 
very, if we understand the costs of what these personalities do, how do we leverage them? How do we say, you know, I feel that I need to, I please you because, you know, I want to be loved and I want to be liked. Well, where does love and like really come from, from within first? And if you can give it to yourself, maybe you don't need to seek it outside. So there's a way of dealing with things that we can really leverage them. Very interesting. Um, so we're nearing the end here. Um, first of all, I can't wait to see your book. So <laughs> I know it's not coming out yet, but I'd love to see a copy at some point. Um, I think there's a lot in common we have here. Um, and any any final words for you know not necessarily I don't you know hopefully there's some CEOs listening out there, but even just you know regular folks. What, what's your what's your advice? I guess parting advice around leading uh, from within around um, navigating the archetypes in our lives and then comfort zones. I know it's a tall task, but any, any, <laughs> any, uh, any parting words, advice? So, I don't think it's a, it's a tall task because I think we have, as I said, you know, we have a tremendous synergy between our work. Um, uh, when you're talking about your subject matter, I'm like nodding my head and <laughs> I'm smiling and I'm saying, yes, yes, yes. I just think that life has layers, you know, life has levels. And at what level, how deep do we want to sink into what we're challenged about? You know, people can say, feel the fear and do it anyway, or we can dive in deeper and say, what is, what is the fear from? Or how do we face it? Or what does it mean? And so, you know, any kind of development, I think, is up to you. Um, how much do you, as I said, dive into it? And I, I really believe that every challenge, or I would say that all our strength, let me start there, let me start from the positive, that all our strength, Andy, doesn't come you know, from what we can do, what we're already doing, right? I really believe our strength comes from overcoming our challenges. And life will constantly bring us our challenges. It's what we do and how what we do with that circumstance and that situation that will end up giving us that meaningful life that will end up saying when you at the end of the day, you say, you know, did I do right by myself? Did I do right by my life? Did I live a principled life? Did I am I proud of what I what I'm doing? And I think that's very, very important. I can't, I can't agree more. I can't agree more. Um, so thank you so much for uh, being with me today. Um, and uh, I think this is a great conversation. I, I hadn't realized the synergy in our work, but I now really appreciate it and I want to dig in more. So thank you so much for, for being with me today. Thank you so much, Andy. What an honor. Thank you for listening to the Get Out of Your Comfort Zone podcast. If you're interested in learning more about comfort zones and the work I do, please visit andymolinsky.com. And you can also find all social media links there or by Googling my name, Andy Malinsky. Also, feel free to email me directly with ideas for future podcasts, questions, comments. My email is andy at andymolinsky.com. Thank you so much for listening.